Hey, welcome to Wolf's Watch. Wolf here. Today I've got three, three quick tips for you about how to deliver more value for your clients and customers with less effort, less cost on your side. So let's dive right in. Tip number one. Now, before delivering the tip, got a question for you. What does your client do with what you deliver once it's in their hands? How do they process it? What does it, are you shipping a product that goes into inventory? Do they immediately use it? Are you delivering information that they file away? Or is it something they immediately take action on? Here's, <clears throat> excuse me. Here's why I'm asking that. What you will likely find is there are gaps between the way you deliver it and what they're doing with it. So you're going to close that gap. That's an area where you can reduce your level of effort, smooth out what's happening in your operations in order to deliver to your client by starting first with looking at what's going on inside their operations. And also, here's a bonus. When doing that, you'll likely find other opportunities where you may be able to deliver more, you know, increase business volume with them or solidify the relationship because they've got an issue that crops up that you weren't aware of otherwise. And you know exactly who or what company can help them with that, which builds the relationship, which is absolutely golden. If you're not focused on the relationship as the really true value in doing business with your clients, you're missing Big time, especially given the current circumstances we find ourselves in. There, trust is at an all-time low. We've talked about that in past episodes. Trust is at an all-time low. It's not going to improve in the immediate future. In fact, it's likely to get worse for the next several months at the least before that begins to turn around as a general trend. Your opportunity in that is to be focused on building deeper, more solid relationships. So if you're able to do a favor to be able to bring something to the table that's outside of your normal, your normal business with them, that you're not just, you're not trying to make a buck off of. Now, look, I'm all about being rewarded for your effort. You should be. Sometimes there's something you can do for someone that helps them with their business that you can do for a client, a customer that helps them with their business that doesn't immediately put coin in your pocket. That will, however, lead to longer lasting re business relationships and a lot more coin in your pocket over the long run. And right now, building trust, building relationships is more is huge currency. I've heard it called the new currency, you know, trust being the new currency, the, uh, the relationships being the new currency. Now, as business owner, as an entrepreneur, you already know that it's all about relationships, right? Business has always been about relationships. There's just some broader understanding and discussion that's happening about that, around that. So deep in the relationship. Now back to the tip. The tip is schedule time to talk with your customers, with your clients and ask them about what they're doing. Even if you're already familiar Talk to them again. Ask them if anything has changed. 
there's two things that are happening here. And the bonus is, <clears throat> excuse me, the relationship. The, the direct tip is the more you understand about their operations, about what they do with the service you're providing, the product you're providing, the more value you can offer them because you'll, it will give you insights into things that you can do in the way you deliver, in the way you format, package, other, other things that come out of that. Uh, for example, a, uh, let's see, a wood planing mill that's been in business since the 1920s, they learned that their customers don't have a lot of space in order to be able to store materials. So what they did was became, and they're one of the top three in their industry in terms of pricing, right? So they do very high quality, museum quality, uh, uh, wood, uh, wood for creating custom picture frames and that type of works, things you would see pop up in, in high end art galleries in museums. So it's very, very high quality and according expensive accordingly. Well, their customer base, for the most part, doesn't have a lot of room for storage. They're not big operations. They're smaller businesses. Many of, the, many of their customers are smaller businesses than they are. And they were able to realign how they ran operations and how they ran, how they ran operations and how they ran their internal uh, inventory, finished goods inventory, so that they could, sh they could contract for larger amounts, deliver over a period of time, deliver smaller amounts like many of the big companies do, right? You get big companies will have supply and will have supply chain agreements where they say, look over the next year, here's how we're going to buy. <clears throat> this is the way we're going to order it. And when, and we will and only get invoiced when something ships. Think about that. When you order from Amazon, so you don't get, you get invoiced, but you don't always get billed. You don't necessarily get billed until the item that you ordered shipped because sometimes it's not available to ship right away or because it's going to uh, come quickly from a regional distribution center that's nearby. They don't have to ship it days, you know, a day in advance. They can ship it the day that it's that they've committed to deliver it to you and you get billed at the time that it ships. So see those kinds of agreements. So it's one example of something you can do that makes it easier for you to manage operations. It allows you to cut cost in your operations because you don't have to have as much product in flow. If you if you have physical product, you don't have to order as much raw materials. If you're a distributor, you don't have to order as much product to resell. If you're a reseller of some kind, so uh, that that makes it easier. You got less material on hand and less in uh, less capital, less money tied up in operations. So, second tip is. Um, hang on a second. We got some comments here. Second tip. <clears throat> Sorry. Just double checking on, on comments that are coming in. How long does it take you to get what your customer has ordered into their hands? Now, not just from the time they order, <clears throat> excuse me. So take the date that it hits their hands when did you have to order whatever serves as raw material in order to create what you just put in their hands? Okay. So if, if uh, it's classic in manufacturing operations where building aircraft, sometimes we would have things in flow, you know, that were ordered three years in advance in order to have it when we needed it to in assembly or certain types of materials. Um, 
Brian Adams. Hey, thanks for joining the conversation, Brian. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the compliment. You know, it's just uh, getting out in the sun over the weekend, huh? And as you've been out adventuring about as well, always good to see you, my friend. So <clears throat> what, what is that amount of time that it takes to deliver, to deliver? And again, we see that in manufacturing operations, you order raw material and it sits in the area where raw material is stored and then gets put into production flow. You start cutting chips, start bending metal and assembling product. Then it goes to finished goods inventory and waits to be shipped. Then it gets in the customer's hands. So what's that total time? Now with information products, it could be CDs. You know, are you delivering a CD product? Not everything's an immediate download. So let's talk about a CD product for a second. How, how long in advance do you have to buy the CDs in order to be able to burn them to deliver? And if you're buying them, you know, if you're, if you're sent that out to a third party, still, what's the commitment you have with that third party? How are you handling that? And again, how long does it take from the time that it gets in their hands to the time that you began working on it, whatever, you know, whatever raw material you had to, to order. If you're doing a digital download, which is boom, immediate to the customer once they order it, it's like they order it, transaction happens, bang, send them an email. Within 10, 15 minutes, it's ready for download, if not sooner. So let's call that instantaneous. Even if it's available for instantaneous download, so they download it here, their download's complete, how how much time has elapsed from when you first started working on preparing that for them? Is that something that uh, that you created a year ago and you're still delivering on? That's great. You haven't had much invested time in it. Maybe it's something more recent. Maybe it's something you need to customize. But look at what is that time? So here, here's the tip in that. Your ratio of business efficiency, of efficiency of effort is the amount of time that has elapsed from when you had to order raw materials to when it gets into a customer's hands, whatever raw materials is for your business versus how much actual touch time. Now, again, this is a manufacturing concept. It applies to information. It applies for professional service as well. How much actual effort, how much actual billable time is invested in that clock time? It's not unusual to find in businesses that that ratio can be 10 to 1, 100 to 1. So the closer you are to a one-to-one -one relationship, the more efficiency you have in your business. And so theoretical, a lot of, a lot of physical processes will never get there. You want to start with whatever number you have and move that down. A lot of times you'll find that one of the biggest drivers in, in that number, in that number being large in that ratio, when you want it to be small, remember, sm this is a ratio that smaller is better. That smaller is better. The, the ratio of, of actual value added time versus the um, uh, amount of time it takes from raw material order to in customer's hands is smaller is better. So coming back to, you'll find that a lot of times it is gaps where something is sitting and waiting. You're waiting for information. You're waiting for material. You're waiting for an answer from a client on uh, something that you need to know before you can finish preparing it for them. Whether you're a solo per, uh, solopreneur, whether you, whether you are a, a one-person operation or you have a thousand employees working for you, excuse me, this holds true. You'll find that a lot of times it's the, the time that's sitting. That's an opportunity to increase your 
efficiency, reduce your level of effort because it creates chaos. <laughs> You've got bits and pieces. Okay, we set this over here. Now I go do this. Set this over here. Now I do that. And you have a lot of stuff sitting and waiting. So an equivalent in, in information work in, in prof, uh, professional services is having a bunch of different op open orders with no progress on it. How long do those sit and wait? You want to be able to deliver on those as fast. And so that's the, that's the second tip. What is that ratio? And look at what is driving that. And we'll talk about forms of waste. Sorry, my nose is itching today for some reason. <clears throat> uh, we will, uh, we can talk about waste in another, uh, in another episode. Don't want to tie you up on it. So today's third tip, number three, number three is looking on the, on the supply side, on the supplier side, what is going on with your, with your supplier services? What do you, what do you have more of, or what do you get billed for that you don't use as much of? Or, you know, how are those, how are those agreements structured? What services are you using? Are you using all the services? You may find if you go through and do a review of what you're being invoiced for, how much of that are you actually using? And what is your, what is your threshold where you want to say, you know what, we need to put this on the back burner or just stop altogether because we're not using it. If you're using 10% of what you're paying for, or you're paying for a monthly service, and a lot of times with information services, especially with the great lockdown, there's a big focus on, on uh, information services. So if you're providing information service, professional service, it may be that you're subscribing to a service that you only use once in a while. I've found a couple of those that we've, that we've um, renegotiated and in some cases dropped the service because we're just not using it enough right now to justify the expense. Take a look at that as, as a third area, third tip of where you can reduce cost, where you can reduce effort as well in being able to deliver. What is it that's going to help you reduce the amount of effort that it takes once if you're contracting for a service? Is that actually helping you deliver more effectively, more efficiently to your customer, to your client or not? Ask that question, review those, take a look at what's going on there. So that's three quick tips. That'll help you with uh, making it easier to work with your your customers and to provide more value to them without doing huge investments, huge amounts of effort. You know, it's looking for sometimes it's the small things that make a huge difference, right? Have you found that? I want to hear from you in the comments. You know, what, what's your experience with that? You think I'm all wet? Let's hear it. Come on, put your money where your mouth is. Let's hear it in the comments. You think it's you have some similar experience? want to hear what that was like as well. So as always, like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube page, wherever you're watching this, you know, let us know, hit the, hit the like button. Let us know what you like, what you don't like comment. Always interact with people in the comments. You know, if you, if you if please share this out while you're watching, you know, who do you know that may find this interesting or that may want to laugh at me with you, right? I love saying that, and it's totally true. Laugh with me, laugh at me, just laugh and come along for the ride and interact, right? This is this is the new age of virtual communication, thanks to the great shutdown. This is interactive. And I want to invite you to get more information as well. We do a TV series that streams on Roku and Amazon Fire TV on the Raven International TV Network. If you'd like to get show notes, behind the scenes, insights that aren't published as part of that, 
you know, information on more background information on the guests we have on that show, as well as more behind the scenes on Wolf's Watch. We're beginning to incorporate that. We do once a month, we email out a summary and we send that out. So for more information on that, go to adventureceo.tv. Again, that's adventureceo.tv. We got a banner here. We'll put that up for you. Um, <clears throat> so you can go to uh, adventureceo.tv and get more information on how to get that once a month. It's always sent out a once a month mailer that'll give you a summary of more information that's not otherwise available. Some summaries of stuff that we're putting out, but there's also behind the scenes and other information that you wouldn't otherwise get. Hope you're having an awesome Monday. Mark, what do we normally call this? Marvelous Monday? Something like that. Yeah, something snarky just to, to keep it lively and right. And it's that mindset. We're in this together. We're getting through this together. We're creating a great future together. So appreciate you having a, you know, having you along for the conversation. Want to uh, you know, want to hear from you, really. So comment in uh, you know, join us again on the next Wolf's Watch. Thanks for being here, and I will see you on the trail.